Hi, I am Ritu and from Adventurize, this is Venturing Beyond 9 to 5, a podcast where we delve into the career stories, experiences and passions of ambitious individuals. And today we have with us Nupur Agrawal. She's the co-founder of Kiwi Kisan Window, which is a fair trade organic food brand based in Dehradun that works with thousands of farmers to sell their produce. She's also founded a couple other ventures in the social impact space prior to this. Nupur uh, is also on the Forbes 30 under 30 Asia 2021 and Forbes Ultimate 120 list, which is quite cool. Uh, in this episode, we talk about her experiences being a social entrepreneur, what it even means to be called a social venture, misconceptions around it, and what is it that even takes to build a business from ground up. We also talk about her learnings and experiences studying abroad. What is it that one should or should not be doing if they choose to study abroad? And what kind of approach to professional networking makes sense in today's age when there's so many online professional networking groups popping up? How do you really find those meaningful and valuable connections? It was a really insightful conversation for us. So definitely check it out. So I saw that you uh, went to do your undergrad in the UK. And yeah. you decided to come back to India after that and you know, yeah. pursue your full-time profession here. So I was wondering what was like, you know, thought process behind just leaving the life in the UK and coming back and working here. And I take you sort of adopted a village and started doing this groundwork in the social impact space itself. So that was quite a contrast, right, from the life you had before so what was that like and what were were you thinking when you're doing it wasn't it wasn't like an easy transition you know so initially uh, after doing my graduation I got a job in the UK and I never want to come back because I think I was very comfortable in that space and uh, you know fortunately I would not say unfortunately fortunately my family convinced me to come back you know uh, so, you know, I had my family business and because of, you know, I, I had always studied in a boarding school. Uh, my family always thought, you know, later on I would get married and I will never be able to stay with them. So they said, my grandmother said, no, you have to come back and stay with me for a while. I don't know how many years I'm alive and this and that, you know, all the family trauma that Indian <laughs> families have. So I came back and, you know, I was very depressed when I got back because it was quite a... Uh, quite a cultural shock for me actually when I came back because I went as a 17 year old moving from a very cocooned life of a boarding school so I had not really seen what truly you know what hails in India so uh, it was very depressive I got really sick I got dengue in 2014 October uh, which actually led me to a deathbed and I was on bed rest about three months and very very sick like really really sick and that's the time you know it's just like three years so when you're in hospital you're on bed rest and that's when you have a lot of time to think and peace of mind and you know you're like sort of revelating a lot of things so I think uh, that was the time I realized the purpose of my life which was to actually empower people and society and I thought that's something that I can do the best in my life because that's something uh, subconsciously and unintentionally I've been doing ever since I was a child and that's my core nature. So that's 
where I got onto this path. So initially I started preparing for civil services. I thought that's the way somebody had suggested that how you can achieve this is basically through civil services. I started studying that. Uh, but again, I'm glad that I did that because, you know, studying for civil services uh, really, and again, I had no intentions to become a civil servant. It was more to gain knowledge and more to understand the country in a better scope and space because if I want to do groundwork, it is very important to know where things are coming from and where what is happening in the country. Like before, uh, before uh, when while I was in England, I didn't even know what an IS officer is in India. What's what's a civil servant, and what is the structure, and what what are the kind of things that happen. Uh, so I think uh, preparing for that gave me a lot of uh, knowledge, a lot of understanding. And combined with the purpose of my life, it allowed me to do so many things. So yes, it wasn't a smooth journey. Oh, I came back from India and something happened, like how it happens in uh, movies. Oh my God. But it was a journey of almost going on over deathbed and getting extremely sick and having a moment of revelation or realization, whatever you may call it. And Yeah, that sounds... It's super difficult in a way that I also did my undergrad uh, in the US. So I was there and it was around the pandemic time that I was about to graduate. So it wasn't necessarily like just my decision, but it was just everything happening around the world that freaked everyone out, right? And you're like, okay, what am I going to do next? And then I came back to India and I'm in my hometown right now. And it's the same thing where I thought it would be like a decision I took um, on my own. Obviously, I wasn't forced into it. And uh, I came back thinking that, okay, you know, these are the things I'm going to do. This is how it's going to work out and it's going to be great. And then I come back and I realize things don't work that way. And you see your friends, you know, earning in dollars. And I was just like, okay, you know, if I just stayed there, I would at least be making as much money as they did. Yeah. Or, you know, when the, the COVID situation isn't all that intense there. And it was around like April time when, you know, the second wave had just hit India and people were like all out clubbing back in Boston. And I was like, okay, yeah. I could have been there. But the more I think about it, it it's not just like uh, a one-time thing. You make a decision and then you keep going back and forth on it for a really long period of time. That's what yeah. happened with me. So sometimes yeah. you think this was yeah. the best decision I took. And sometimes it's yeah. like, why did I do this to myself? How, how long did it take you to come to a point where you were completely fine with it? Okay. I, I feel like uh, whatever happens in your life, if you have, a, you might feel depressed in that moment. Like I was really depressed. And I think because of that depression, it led me to attracting life-threatening diseases and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel that it is... Uh, it is not it is not regret is a very um it's a very uh, perspective thing you know it's a very perspective thing oh my god i i feel regret and very next moment if something good turns out from that particular situation that has happened which you were initially regretting then so no 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 it was like the best decision so i think it's a very perspective thing and it is completely in your hands how to turn around the situation you know so this is an inspiration that I take from Mahatma Gandhi that, you know, he belonged to uh, one of the richest families of this country in those times. He went and studied law. He became a barrister, like handful of 
Now, less than 100 people from our country would become barristers in a decade, like less than 10 people in a year, you know, becoming going to England and studying law and becoming a barrister, which he did. And he had no reason to come to Africa and do barristry and then suddenly turn into a humanitarian uh, and an activist. He had no reason, like he had everything on his plate, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, he did things the way he wanted to. And so the point here that I'm trying to make is that if he could turn around tables in Africa after coming out from England, if he could turn around tables in India and wherever he went, he brought in a change. He, uh, he never thought that any place would make a difference. It doesn't. You know, time and space is just a concept. And this is something that I learned from him that it doesn't matter where you are. If you have something in you, if you believe in yourself, if you really want to do something, you can do it even in Andaman and Nicobar. You don't have to be in some big city or in some fancy place. Probably if you're in a smaller place, you have more chances to grow because you're the smartest one in the room. And from there, and specifically in today's age and era where we're all so deeply connected through internet, uh, you know, we can probably be available to the world. Like what I'm doing right now, I'm sitting in one small hill town in the foothills of the Himalayas and talking to you. So yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And speaking of, you know, being able to do what you want from wherever you are and trying to make best of the opportunities that you've got. And of course it's become easier than ever. And also the pandemic led push towards, you know, everyone needing to adopt technology. It's become sort of easier that way as well. Uh, but talking about, you know, the decision to, you know, study abroad. Uh, so we are, uh, running this career exploration community. Nami and I called it Venturize. And our goal behind that is to just give uh, information around uh, study, higher studies and career exploration options. Uh, and one question we keep getting a lot is, how do we decide if we want to study abroad or uh, if it's even a good decision to do that? And if they want to, they, you know, there's a plethora of ways you can go about figuring out how you want to do that. But the first decision itself is, does it even make sense to do that? And in my experience specifically, I've realized that there's a ton that I've learned outside of cl classes, the kind of things that American education has given me, it's outside of the education part itself. It's the network, it's the resources the university has given me, it's the, it's the being able to, you know, be in that multicultural environment and learn from people from pretty much all uh, across the world. So that's been my experience. And now that I'm like running this platform and running this podcast, I've realized that, you know, everything is available on YouTube tutorials. So if you really want to learn something, you can learn it as long as you have internet and some kind of resource, right? Yeah. So what do you think about your, you know, education abroad? Has it given you some sort of edge over other people? Um, or do you think, you know, would have been fine if it just studied here? So very important to understand of what course you want to do when you want to study abroad. And of course, what college are you going into? Uh, I think it should it should be uh, in somewhere in sync with your ideology as well. Like you should study the ideology of the college as well. Do you sink into it? Do you imbibe that ideology? And then you should go and study, um, you know, 
in that college so that's so this is like the first money is the first thing second thing is the course that you want to do third thing what i believe is you know when i was going to a boarding school my dad told me something my mom and dad were sitting and uh, so i my the decision to go to a boarding school was my own decision it was in class 8 that I, that i went to a boarding school and my father said you know boss uh, you know, you will be taught ISC syllabus here, you know, like the board, Indian Education Board, which is the ISC board. You will be taught this syllabus here. You will be taught the same syllabus in a day, day school. But what the core difference is, is, is in the environment, is in the exposure, the rightly said that, you know, it's outside the class, is the people that you meet. It's the multicultural experience that you get. It's the networking that you do. It's the collaborations that you have it's the entire ecosystem it's the entire environment other than uh, the books because as you said today all that knowledge is available on youtube on some edX courses today you're getting Harvard courses on edX and that too for free right but how much do you learn from them and what is the percentage of the experience so what uh, what a lot of uh, you know, educational courses or a lot of uh, people have realized that it is not only the degree in terms of the education that we charge. So a lot of people are changing their, uh, lessening their tuition fee and they are increasing something called as experiential fee, which is they're adding more and more. So I'm uh, consulting this uh, university in Texas on a few courses and they're all about applied entrepreneurship they have increased their guest lectures they've increased their experiences they've increased the number of internships on-campus internships and they have less number of educational hours uh, and that's how they've also divided tuition fee or whatever the remuneration towards the college by the student so i think it's more uh, again padhai aap kahi bhi kar sakte ho log lamp post ke niche baith ke padhte hain hindustan mein aur tab bhi civil services crack kar lete hain but i think it's more about the people that you meet it's more about the networks that you create it's more about the human capital i call it the human capital and the human experience and less about uh, less about what you're studying and whatever has been taught in America or in, in England or in Europe, I think today it's very easy to access all of it online. Uh, but if you, again, have the money or have the scholarships, either or way, go there for an experience. And do not, do not forget your own culture is what I would say. Because, uh, you know, you're born into a certain culture. You, you, you don't have to imbibe that culture. It's part of your DNA. You know, Indians are a certain way. We are a little funny or lighthearted or whatever. We are a certain way. British people are proper, which is really a good thing to be appreciated. So learn that thing from their culture. Do not, do not, uh, I, you know, what, uh, what I learned was I had these Indian friends in England and, uh, you know, they would always try and copy the Western culture and always not be happy about the Indian culture. And I would say, you know, this is making you a hypocrite. This is not adding anything into your character because what will, what will people in England think that you don't like your own culture, which is such a sad thing. There, there are goods and bads in every culture. British culture is not perfect. American culture is not perfect. Indian culture is not perfect. Every culture is different. Every, every, every person is imperfect, but he's perfect, right? But 
it is like uh, you know it is like how in india nowadays we're trying to which which started a lot uh, in the 2015s or something that you know we would get into this oh let's club let's party let's drink and you know people would just think that party only means to drink you know wherein i i think that is why why do a lot of people drink a lot in england or in colder countries because it's too cold for them to survive it is uh, it is extremely uh, uh, harsh climate and that's the, their way of coping up mechanism and keeping their bodies warm they eat a lot of meat because a lot of green uh, you know vegetables don't grow there xyz so it is part of it is the culture is made out of the geography and the history of that place and that's how you should like flow yourself into rather than simply copying you know i think uh, women in india in sarees look as hot as they would look look in mini skirts you know so i, I feel that uh, again whenever a person from india is going uh, you know abroad to study please feel proud of your culture because that's something that they also appreciate it you know people really appreciate if you really feel proud of who you are you know so i think this yeah, is no, absolutely i agree with that and i think a lot of times especially when you leave the country really young you just out of school figuring yourself out as well a lot of yeah. it does stem out of your deep rooted you know insecurities yeah. that are sometimes like you know i want to be cool i want to be a part of that and sometimes you know when you are in that college environment that seems like the way to be cool yeah and, you know over the years you know yeah yeah exactly yeah, yeah for yeah. sure and it's not just with like indians is when you go yeah, abroad yeah. you realize it's uh, it you know as much as you're self aware about yourself and realizing that what is really your insecurity or versus what is it that uh, you know your uh, in biases that's coming from other people as well so it's it's really important to be able to distinguish between that kind of wanted to shift gears towards you know um social entrepreneurship as a sector your profession itself and of course it's uh, it's sort of like a subset of entrepreneurship itself but what are sort of the differences you've seen uh, that you think you need particularly need to you know imbibe being in the social impact space itself that are sort of different from just being an entrepreneur in general or is there anything like that so i think the only difference here is intention uh, is the intention mm-hmm. with which you start business with or the idea with uh, so entrepreneurs uh, so i i feel today we're in in a space in the world that uh, entrepreneurship uh, across the globe is social so you know we're talking about social media isn't that social entrepreneurship isn't facebook or google it's providing information for free it's providing a space for free isn't ola uber social entrepreneurship they are employing millions of people just by revolutionizing in the entire transportation economy in the world uh, don't you think uh, dominos is a social enterprise so i i think don't you think tata is a social enterprise you know don't you think geo is a social enterprise you know it's given sims and it's connected people uh, to like it's given so much of importance to low rates of internet and so much internet i remember when i was a child like uh, you know 5 uh, 500 rupees for probably 2 gb of internet for a month to we are getting like 300 rupees for 2 gbs of internet every day 
you know so i i think every business is a social enterprise it is only uh, it is only the intention like you know tata has an intention of adding value to every single stakeholder from the production to the end consumer uh so i think it's just the intention that brings in a difference do you have a capitalistic exploitative intention to do a business or do you have a value addition empowering sort of an intention to do a business wherein you make sure that your employees your end consumers your channel partners your vendors your environment everything is actually getting a value addition rather than a value degradation you know? so i think it's just that i was wondering if you've heard any sort of like you know misconceptions or the kinds of things that people generally get wrong uh when talking about this kind of business have you had any such experiences yeah then like you know specifically in our country people say kya kar rahe ho charity kar rahe ho isse pet to nahi badega matlab in baaton ka ye to tum isse acha ngo khol lo abhi thodi na umar hai abhi paise kamao 50 saal ke ho jaoge then start uh, you know doing charity and all that so but i think again uh, once you prove yourself uh, once you will recognize once uh, you know the ball is rolling it is everything falls in place it is a challenge it is again you know i was just telling yesterday in my ted talk that it is the character is not defined when you are in the glorious time of your life the character is defined when you are in a downfall you know when when you have troubles on you when you are uh, you know encapsulated with a lot of issues a lot of problems in your life and that is how you know your character is defined because the way you behave being under so much pressure is what defines your character so you know you've been doing this for a few years now but when it gotten started probably in your early 20s i'm guessing were there certain things you wish you'd known especially about venturing into this thing that probably would have helped you one make better decisions for yourself personally but also generally to you know establish yeah. your job you know i think something that i wish i knew was uh, i would change anything about it but for anybody who's venturing out into something like this now now i think i wish i was a little more direction uh but with me the situation like every direction i went into helped me to explore a better version of myself and help me to add value and where i stand today but i i still feel that it would have been a little better if we were a little more uh, directioned and i think that comes from again having a better network of uh, people uh, around you who come from the same space or who have done similar things uh now now the world has the opportunity because when we started it was very initial we did not know a lot of people were doing something like this and specifically in india or specifically in our region like in north part of the country very limited people not very celebrated not not much information less of internet and connectivity less of accessibility in those times so uh i i just feel that yeah i think these were the two things a more direction and how would i get that more direction is uh, probably having a better network of people in this space so yeah. in terms of networking now of course there's linkedin and some professional networking groups you can join but outside of that is there something that you think is probably more effective or has worked for you 
Yeah, I think, see, these are again a very um, internet network based. I believe in a lot of human connection. Uh, you know, I feel social media networking, again, it just boosts your ego. It's not creating any <laughs> impact as such. Uh, it, it's just helping you. Oh, you know what? I know this one. Okay. Did you ever meet him? No, no, no. On LinkedIn, I've had a conversation with him. And that conversation is just a few two lines and then you're sort of done and people forget and move on. So there's no actually collaborative work. So I feel if you're able to collaborate with people and make some work happen, which further creates some impact, I think that is very important. In-person meeting allows you uh, to explore way more than what it would do on a webinar or like just imagine an impact if I were talking to you in person yeah. and rather than me talking to a, over a video call so there's a lot of difference and I can absolutely see the difference in the kinds of things that come up in the conversations when you are like a lot more comfortable being with someone in person in the same room as opposed to being on a phone call or a zoom call because it just is limited to, you know, the topic of the conversation itself and you're not going to bring yeah. up some random yeah. thing that you know that probably is going to be super helpful later for sure. Uh, but I really like your point on, you know, like not just try to find people that have done much more than you or have like an established network because uh, especially when the, the conversation around networking in this context of students or young, um, you know, college students or even high school students is always about, oh, you should be able to network so that, you know, you can get job opportunities or internship opportunities so the very obvious thing is oh you network with people who are working in your target companies or working in the fields that you are interested in but just being able to meet with other students like you or other people who are in the same sort of level as you exploring specific things is also equally important because you know they might know something that you can go back home and google yeah, yeah. and find out about something absolutely new as well and that's kind of our goal with the the community that we're building too so it's not just about networking with people that you might find are intimidating and have done too much in their yeah. lives but just other yeah. students like yeah you it is only only one person out of 100 is successful but 100 out of 100 are failures and this is something that we forget so you know we do this event called fuck up nights wherein we come and be three speakers who come and talk about their failure stories and again, these people are not talking, everybody's just talking about their failures and what they've learned from those failures. So I think it's, again, very easy to talk about success and boost your ego and talk about, hey, you know what, it's all me, rather than saying, no, you know what, I messed it up, I fucked it up, and let's learn something from it. And I yeah. think that is where you're turning the tables around, because you have the courage to talk about the most vulnerable moments and situations of your life. And you have the courage to change that and learn from that. I think that's what makes the most amount of difference. Yeah, no, it's called survivor bias, right? We Like in social media and just generally news only see examples of people who've done really well. Like very recently- And again, you, know, you never Jeff know, Bezos. are really happy? You know, you never yeah, know people oh, yeah. are posting fanciest of the photos. People <laughs> post their failures on social media. Everybody yeah. posting photos of getting awards and getting some titles or the other. 
Exactly. Yeah, and like the, the Jeff Bezos photo that keeps going around every few months, like him sitting in a basement, like a dingy, you know, dim lights and really sad looking space. It's like, oh, if Jeff Bezos could do it, you can do it too. But yeah. you're like, okay, but that was after his company was established like seven years later, like that was his office space. But that doesn't really say much about if you wanted to give up at that point, if he already had yeah. investors, if, if, you know, like his company was doing well or not, like you don't really know the story behind it and it's just something that like you said looks great on LinkedIn like a story to get views and stuff but um, other than that unless you have those kinds of conversations with people it's really hard to tell and of course it's really hard when you're told to have that online brand and uh, even for students they're told to you know um, keep posting on LinkedIn so that profiles are visible to recruiters to be able to build your build your personal brand so that you get those opportunities later on, um, it makes sense. At the same time, as a consumer, it does. Like if you want to build your personal brand, that's absolutely amazing that you're able to do all of those things. But as someone on the receiving end of those things, it's quite depressing for sure. Uh, so I saw that you're on the Forbes 30 under 30 Asia yeah. list. And this is the question that goes around a lot, especially around college student age group. Yeah. And so yeah. definitely a hot topic. So I kind of quickly wanted to know what was your process like? And do you need connections to get on that list? Like what is like the back back? I think you just, like? need to be, you just need to be real. And you okay. just need to be doing a lot of work. Like I didn't even celebrate my Forbes 30 under 30 or Forbes ultimate 120, to be honest. I was like, okay, fine. But yes, uh, I, I would not deny that uh, I don't feel special by getting such an award or such a recognition. But I think more than that, that has not, that is not something that I carry on my shoulder, you know, or on my forehead. Oh my God, I'm Forbes. I think what I carry is that, you know what, I have, done a lot of work uh, and that is something that I continue it, it it puts on more responsibility on a person like me to be able to perform in a much better space to be able to perform to probably get a Bharat Ratna you know or Padma Bhushan you know or any of those other titles because it allows me it pushes me it empowers me to be able to do more and more project it well out there and be honest and be true don't project something that you've not done because you know what you might you cannot lie to yourself of course yeah no, that's it. definitely you know somewhere somewhere or the other the universal energies will teach you that lesson and again and again you ought to do something what it takes to do so keep hustling and keep doing good work yeah, so definitely be real, be authentic. Uh, but like, I was also wondering in terms of just the the process, the, the you know, just how the whole thing works. Like, how does it even they, work? They get it. Uh, they, you know, you get nominations out there. If you you ask people to nominate you, and otherwise, a lot of people who know you who think you deserve it, they will nominate you. Some influential personalities. Okay. And then they'll put references at the bottom of it. You can just simply like apply. They will start researching on what you've done, your internet presence. They'll talk to your references and yeah, you can just, and if they okay. feel, if they feel you're worth it, go ahead. Getting an award is not the goal. You will get an award. It's certain that you will get an award if you've done enough work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
it's like a, a side effect bonus you get out of the good work that you're no, doing. Yeah. Sure. Uh, so really quickly, last question. Do you have any book recommendations or learning resources or anything that's you know, yeah, yeah, in yeah, business yeah. or personally? So I think I really follow two personalities, which is Mahatma Gandhi, My Experiments with Truth. And okay. that's a book that I think everybody should read or listen to an audiobook if you're not a reader. And Gautam Bodh. And I think something that one must do every day is meditation in any form. You feel dancing is your meditation or singing is your meditation or just sitting and closing your eyes is your meditation. Spend some time with yourself at least half an hour in a day where you, it's you and your soul, that's it. It's your mind, body and soul, that's it. It's very important to do that because that's how you will be original. Otherwise, today we are so uh, engulfed with so much of opinions all the, all the time around ourselves that we have lost ourselves. We don't know who we are. We have no identity of our own selves. We are identity of 10,000 million posts that we see every night before sleeping, scrolling up, 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 or videos that we watch. So, yeah. And yeah. travel. Travel. Yeah. Travel is a must. Awesome. That's yeah. beautiful. Well, yeah. thank you so much for taking the time. With I know you need to go, so... Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Ritu. Thank you so much. Have a great Thank you. Bye-bye.